This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. The legal information presented on In Legal Terms is meant to provide general information about the topics discussed and is not necessarily the opinion of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. The information conveyed does not create any type of attorney-client relationship. Please consult an attorney provider before making any decisions about your specific legal questions. Welcome to In Legal Terms from MPB Think Radio, the show about you and your rights. Our host is Professor Richard Gershon of the University of Mississippi School of Law. I'm Liz Gill. Hello, Professor Gershon. Good morning, Liz. It's great to join you this morning, as always, and uh, it's a pleasure to welcome uh, Professor Hans Senha back to the show. Um, Hans has been a frequent guest, always a great guest. And Hans, would you please remind the listeners about your background? Yes, uh, Richard. Good morning, Liz. Good morning. Um, so I've been I've been teaching at Ole Miss for 20 years now. Um, teach some um, through our externship program, criminal procedure law, comparative law. I'm hoping to start up a, a new course for the fall on Mississippi prison um, uh, rights, focusing on on uh, deaths and in incarcerations here in Mississippi. Should be an interesting project. Um, but then also done some some other research on, on history, for example, Emmett Till and Lewis Till hit their two trials on even the criminal jurisdiction in the space station. So I have a little uh, uh, wide variety of interest. Well, and you also, you have a background as you were a prosecutor and a public defender. And, and right, not at the same time, but right, both <laughs> in, uh, in uh, New Orleans uh, back during um, the 80s and the 90s when, when things were, uh, were quite crazy at that time. So it's interesting times being in the criminal court system. Well, you bring a wealth of knowledge and we really do appreciate it. And you, you've talked with us in the past about gerrymandering and you know, that was back in 2018. Um, but today we're revisiting gerrymandering. So why, why is that still an issue in 2021? Well, it's, it has always been an issue. It's been an issue from, from the founding of our, our, our uh, republic. Um, and the first congressional election, um, uh, George Washington was complaining that Patrick Henry, who was then a governor of Virginia, was fixing the district to keep, I think it was James Madison, he wanted to keep out to not make sure that James Madison would not win. Um, so we've always had uh, gerrymandering, meaning uh, fixing a congressional district in such a way that will favor one party over another. It wasn't called gerrymandering in the early days, and just when the republic was created, that came from 1812, an election when the governor up in Massachusetts, whose last name was Jerry, uh, created a really strange-looking district. It, it snaked around, and to the Federalist press, who, who I think he was trying to keep out the Federalist Party at the time, if I remember correctly, uh, it looked like a salamander. So this portmanteau meeting joining two words of the governor's last name, Jerry, and the salamander, we have gerrymandering. And it's now come to mean when the political parties do to their utmost to create districts that are safe for their party. Uh, and in a, in a way, although it's been with us since the beginning of Republic, it, it really is a corrosive effect, maybe even a cancer on our democratic process, because if you can create districts that are so secure or so safe for one party, it renders elections meaningless to an extent. Um, 
Uh, so so we, we, we have gerrymandering that's been with us from the beginning of Republic. But in this day and age, with um, the, the hyper-politicization of everything, uh, the two parties, and it's not a fault of either one party. Uh, the, the Republicans' party do it. They're very great at it, for example, in Texas, North Carolina. The Democratic Party does it. They've been very successful in New York and Illinois, for example, uh, in, in fixing their districts, which in turn fixes elections. And to me, it's, it's antithetical to where we stand as a nation. We should have districts where we have people voting of all kinds of people and then made the best candidate win rather than try to secure the win for one candidate. And it goes to, um, to the extreme, the political power corrupts completely uh, and, and the parties try to ensure they, their win as opposed to having a true representative election. So it's with us and then it rears, if I may say, its ugly head, so to speak, every 10 years because as per the Constitution, after each census, um, we then redistrict our district based upon the population from each census, so 2000, 2010, 2020. So each 10 years, we face an onslaught again of redistricting or gerrymandering districts, um, and that's why it's always going to be with us. Uh, or maybe not always. We might be able to fix it, but as of now, it's always with us. This falls right along with the entire purpose of this show. In Legal Terms is about you and your rights, and our rights are created by our, our judges and our elected officials, and if shenanigans go on on how your elected officials get elected, though that really impacts your rights. We're talking this morning about gerrymandering. You can always send us an email with your questions, legalterms at mpbonline.org. And Hans, how, how can um, gerrymandering, you've talked about how you know the district lines can skew the results in favor of one party or another. How exactly would that work then? How would they draw the lines in such a way that uh, they can assure a majority? Yeah, and I think there's two, two, two answers to that question. One is that um, because we've always had redistricting, so the lines have always been drawn. Um, in the old days, it, you could draw lines based upon where you believed a certain electorate would vote a certain way. Uh, now, they're much more efficient at it. We have computers. We have so much data about each individual person and voter that you can use computers. Where in the old days, you maybe drew one or two computers maps. Now, you can draw hundreds in an hour and just find the specific lines that would then create a safe district. And there's different ways of doing that. There's, there's cracking, for example, where if, if, if I'm a Republican, I want to destroy my, Repu my Democratic district, I can break that up into and then join that district with maybe two Demo Republican districts and dilute the vote of the Democrats or vice versa, Republicans, uh, Democrats can do it to Republicans. Um, or, or I can I, I can create a new district, split one district into two. There's many ways of doing it. And, and um, the, the when power is involved, people don't stop. There's always going to be ways of creating safe districts. Um, we had this, it was called a conti continuity, meaning that, uh, contiguity, meaning that we can't split a district into two separate islands, so to speak. And that's why you see districts look so crazy. It has to be one continuous district. So we'll have districts that have maybe 
uh, a, a spot here and then it snakes around another area where they want to keep a separate district to, to make that safe for one party or break apart another party. And that's why we had this crazy looking district with really lines that make no sense against. They recognize, they resembles a salamander, as I said, in 1812. So there's many ways to do it and they've always done it. But I think now with the technology available, you can draw this incredible districts based upon incredible amount of information you have to make them absolutely secure for one party or absolutely dilute another party. And that's a danger that we were facing. Well, it's so interesting because we go ahead, please, Liz. I'm sorry. Well, this you know not only happens with uh, voting districts; it can also kind of work with cities. In the, in Jackson, the the airport, which is is in Jackson, but it's hilarious because like there's this little tiny line that connects. Uh, the city of Jackson all, that goes all the way through Rankin County and then kind of loops around the airport and then goes goes back. So it, it's not only voting. Sometimes it's used for city municipal boundaries, too. Yeah, it could be. Yeah. But, but I think with the voting one, I mean, it, it really strikes to the, the core of our, our democracy. You know, one person, one vote. And when we start alluding on that aspect to to put partisan politics over what we as all Americans should believe in is, is a true representative elective system, then then we're then we are having a corrosive effect on 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 our our our, um, our, our democracy, and and there's been uh, and I, you know we, every generation thinks it's you know we are the one and has always been better in the past so to speak, but there has been a shift. In terms of legal terms, and that is in, in 2019, uh, it was a case, Roshu versus Common Cause. So the Supreme Court looked at partisan gerrymandering, and they came down, they said that, um, that there's, there, there's a, an issue, a concept called a political issue. And the courts, going back to Marbury Madison, a, a famous case where the Supreme Court said, we, we'll determine what the law is, and then we'll, by doing that, we can determine what. Uh, we can hear and what we can decide. And in 2019, the court said, we'll look at gerrymandering many times in the past, but we are now deciding that gerrymandering for partisan politics purposes is a non-justiciable issue, meaning it falls outside the purview of the Supreme Court. So they said, if, if you bring us a gerrymandering case where you're using race, for example, we'll look at that and we'll probably strike that down. If you're using um, something that will hit on the equal protection or maybe First Amendment, we'll look at that. But of course, if we're not going to look at partisan gerrymandering because that's a political issue. And, and the founding fathers said that lies with the state legislatures in setting up the lines for congressional district and Congress can regulate that. So the Supreme Court said, we are not going to step in for partisan gerrymandering. And that kind of opened the floodgates then to the political parties to saying, we can now legally do what we want to do to retain our political power. Now, we cannot use race or some other issues, then the Supreme Court will step in. But if we're doing specifically just for us, for Republicans get stronger, Republican parties, Democrats get stronger, Democratic parties, then that's okay. So we have we've seen a fundamental shift in that sense, uh, and on the because of that maybe there seems to be some pushback by the people where the power should stem and flow from in our, our democracy, and people seem to be not just cynical about 
how districts are drawn, but pushing back a little bit and trying to come up with different solutions to hold the line towards really ultimate partisan politics. You can send us your email with your questions to our address, legalterms at mpbonline.org. We are discussing gerrymandering. With the 2020 census, did Mississippi gain or lose any representatives? We'll learn next. You're listening to In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio. I'm Walt Grayson. You can now listen to the wild, weird, and wonderful stories of Mississippi with Mile Marker. Some of the big names that travel up and down the highways, obviously Elvis and Johnny Cash, and you have Jerry Lewis, Carl Perkins. Join me as we hit the roads of Mississippi on Mile Marker. Johnny Cash suggested that Carl write a song called Blue Suede Shoes that was all kind of created with Aaron Amory. You can listen by going to mpbonline.org slash radio or by using your favorite podcasting app. This is In Legal Terms. Not everyone has a chance to listen to our show live, so if you've missed any of our program, you can listen to the whole show on our website, inlegalterms.mpbonline.org. Our host is Professor Richard Gershon from the University of Mississippi School of Law. I'm Liz Gill. The 2020 census shows Mississippi is one of three states to lose population. With those numbers, Mississippi will retain its four congressional seats in the U.S. House of Representatives. The Magnolia State has had four U.S. House seats for 20 years now since the 2020 census caused Mississippi to lose one of its seats. This morning, we're talking about gerrymandering with University of Mississippi School of Law Professor Hans Sinha. We do have a couple of calls on the line. First, we're going to go to Florence and speak with Roger. Roger, thanks for calling into In Legal Terms today. What's your comment or question? Oh, my pleasure to call. What a great program. Thank you for the previous efforts on this subject. We haven't gotten any better at it. Two comments. One is that, in my opinion, our wonderful founding fathers cannot be faulted, perhaps, for not predicting the, uh, the evolution of our country geographically and technologically speaking and all that that's led to the really severe, more severe problem of gerrymandering. And they also, of course, could not imagine anybody wanting to leave the farm or whatever they were doing and have a career in Washington so we don't have term limits. There are some efforts. As, as you both know, as everybody knows, I guess, that with numbered uh, constitutional amendments to address the problem of term limits, I'm not totally satisfied with the wording of some of those, but we need term limits in our Senate and Congress and uh, the House of Representatives. 
I don't know what to do about gerrymandering. Now, gerrymandering, <laughs> there needs to be a constitutional answer to that, and I'm not sure what it, what it is. Uh, so that's the problem. But wouldn't it take a constitutional amendment to um, require states to follow some pattern that we haven't invented yet that would um, remove from the party in power the ability to redistrict in their favor. Uh, I don't know about a constitutional amendment saying that it would be unconstitutional to discriminate based on party affiliation, and that, that might lead to the Supreme Court willingness to address the problem. It's just been pointed out the Supreme Court has sort of kicked the ball back to uh, the states because the Constitution leaves it that way. Uh, those are my comments, but I'd really be interested in hearing some of the ideas for solutions to this. And I think maybe a new course at Ole Miss or my alma mater, Jackson School of Law, well, Mississippi College School of Law, on the subject of gerrymandering might be, might be, might get some ideas from some people younger than us who might come up with something. I'm going to hang up and listen, but thank you for your efforts. Try to address some of the potential solutions. It's a difficult thing, and we talk about it. We've been talking about it more than our lifetimes but uh, we haven't done anything about it. Thanks. Thank you, Roger. We appreciate you calling in. Well, uh, Professor Sinha, is there scholarly work being thought about on how to solve this problem? Uh, Maybe. I don't know. I have a solution to suggest, and Roger, if I may, uh, I I agree. Uh, I see a connection between the need for term limits and solving gerrymandering, and I think it goes to the Unfortunately, maybe it's a natural desire to when you're in party power to retain the power. And, and term limits may um, be part of that solution in terms of, of diluting this, this, this insatiable need for power for people who are in power because they're term limit out. Maybe it'll focus on, on doing the people's business rather than getting reelected. So I see there's a, I think there's a connection there. Uh, in terms of constitutional amendment, uh, Roger, I think you're correct. If we want to change this, that might be one way to go. And that's because we have in the Constitution, um, and, and when the founding fathers wrote this, I think as you noted, they could not foresee where our country would go. But they, there's an election clause, Section 1, Article 1, Section 4, that gives to the state legislatures uh, or the states the, 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 the power to um, determine uh, the time, place, and manner of elections. Um, Congress can also, as per that article, regulate those or, or, or um, uh, change, so to speak, make or alter as to work in the Constitution, those regulations state, uh, the states come up with. So if we're going to have a fundamental change, we would need to go back and um, change or modify the elections clause in the Constitution. I don't know whether that's possible as a solution or whether that would be a solution. Um, yeah, once we um, start changing um, those parts of the Constitution, we, we may be opening a floodgate, but maybe that's what needed. In terms of uh, solutions per se, and, and this is not something I have uh, written about or thought out completely, but um, it seems that the thinking is that the recent part of politics or, or parties want to have gerrymandering is that they believe 
that in order to govern this nation, we need to have like-minded people in districts. And to me, that's so contrary to what I believe America stands for. I believe that we can all be Americans at heart and do the right thing for the right reason. I generally believe that's what the founding fathers believed, and that's what I still think that we should do. So maybe a solution would be instead of permitting the state's legislatures to draw these really crazy shaped districts in order to further their own political power, just divide the states equally. Take, for example, um, Mississippi. We are four districts, and we could very easily just find a midpoint from the Alabama line to the Mississippi River and find a midpoint there, and then find a midpoint from the Tennessee and the Gulf and find a midpoint and just divide it into four equal districts. Uh, now, there might be some one district may have more people than the other one, and people can say, well, that's unfair. But the founding fathers thought that was okay in terms of senators. For example, Alaska has what, I don't know, 400,000 people maybe? They got two senators, and California has 60 million people. They got two senators. So we have some precedent for not complete equality in terms of our voting uh, right in terms of number of people in the district. We could do the same for Ohio. Say they have eight districts. Instead of pretending or feeling that we have to have districts where everyone thinks alike, which drives partisan politics, which really, in my opinion, is a real corrosive effect on our democracy, just divide Ohio into eight districts. Now, some will have more people than others, and some may have, 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 have different people of different ethnic backgrounds and colors, whatever else. But if we can get over this thinking that we need to have the same people in the same district and just say we're all Americans, that might be one solution. Now, that may be tested in court and may be struck down, but we do need to come up with some solution, and that could be one. Just divide each state equal blocks of squares or rectangles, what you will. Let the lines fall fall where they may. And and I think through our political election system, we'll have more – candidates who are willing to represent everyone in the district rather than just some like-minded thinking people in the district. So, Roger, that'd be my suggestion. That is not vetted. That is not hit the courts. But I agree that we need to find some new way of, of handling this issue. And Roger, a judge, I should say, thanks for calling as always. Oh. And uh, and I want to I want to add one quick thing, and that is we do teach an election law skills class here. Ben Griffith is one of our adjunct professors and a lawyer here in Oxford, and uh, he is an election law expert, and that's one of the things he talks about. He's actually been a, uh, a host on, uh, I mean, a guest on the show before. So we're, we're trying. It's just one of those things that it's going to take time or one of the suggestions that Hans mentioned to make these changes. We've got another caller. Let's go to Oxford and speak with Corinne. Corinne, what's your comment or question about gerrymandering today with our guest, University of Mississippi School of Law, Professor Hans Sinha? Uh, my, my question is not about gerrymandering. However, recently, I, I, I'd like to preface by saying I have an autoimmune disease that um, left me in a wheelchair. And recently we voted on uh, Mississippi medical marijuana laws and voted it in. And then the legislature just 
did what they wanted to do. Grant, if, if I may say that, actually, I, I, I don't disagree with your, your, your comment. I will say it was the Supreme Court of Mississippi that made that decision that since there were not five districts as required by uh, the, the initiative statute, um, that the initiative process was invalid. But I, I agree with your sentiment that 74% of the people in the state voted clearly that, that medical marijuana should be. Exactly. Uh, what, what does my vote count? I, I, it should count. I mean, I, you're, I, that's my opinion and not the opinion of MPB, but I, I'm with you on this one. I think that was one of those things where, um, you know, I hear so much from legislature and from, uh, you know, from our politicians, let the people vote, let the people uh, state their voice, and the people did, and here we are. Um, so hopefully there'll be a special session and, and we can get this taken care of, but I'm sorry that you're suffering in the meantime because for autoimmune uh, diseases um, and for people with inflammatory bowel disease, which is also an autoimmune uh, disease and, and cancer tre uh, treatments, uh, medical marijuana has been proven at least to give some pain relief. So yeah, I hope we can get this resolved for you and for the people in Mississippi soon. But uh, you know, that's not exactly gerrymandering, but you know, Hans, would you agree? I mean, it's kind of still an issue. Well, uh, yeah, and no, I think I think you make your race a good point and, and um, and the way I view that is our elected officials should be responsive to the people whom they represent. And if we have districts that are not gerrymandered, that are just put these 400,000 people, for example, in Mississippi, in one district, and we just draw the lines as a square or a box, we're going to have people of all kinds in that district. And then when we have our primary elections, we're going to have people who are going to be campaigning to represent all people for that district. And then ideally, then, when they're elected, they will truly represent the people whom they were elected to, to, to represent. Gerrymandering throws that on its head. It, it creates districts that are drawn for partisan purposes. And through our primary election uh, system that we have for the parties, it encourages most extreme people to run and then to win. And they win for the primary and because, and then they become the, the, the candidate for the Republican or the Democratic Party. And because those districts have been gerrymandered, that candidate is virtually assured to win. He or she really doesn't need to be concerned about the will of the people anymore. He or she only is concerned about furthering the party politics, whatever that might be, and or representing a very small minority of that district who wants to get him or her elected in the primary. So I think, Karine, your point is well taken that if we have a universal issue, that the people in a district or a state seem to be in favor of, by default, our elected representatives should be also in favor or at least amenable to that issue. Gerrymandering, again, throws that completely on his head and, 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 and really does away with our, what our founding fathers thought the representative election purpose was, and that's to represent the people. So I think the issue you bring up is a prime example, and it's not specifically for gerrymandering because that's a state issue, but a prime example of the evils that can come from gerrymandering. Corinne, thanks so much for calling in today. You can email us your questions. Our address is legalterms at mpbonline.org. We're talking with Professor Hans Sinha about gerrymandering. 
how do Mississippi's legislative districts look? We're going to hear one opinion next. You're listening to In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio. I'm Ryder Taff, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives, a fee-only financial advisory and co-host of Money Talks. Each week, we take your personal finance questions and tell you about a money topic we hope you find helpful. Money Talks can be heard Tuesdays at 9 a.m. on MPB Think Radio. Podcasts can be found on our website, money.mpbonline.org, or on your smart device's podcasting platform. are listening to In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio. Professor Richard Gershon is our expert host. I'm Liz Gill. We do hope you'll find our podcast, subscribe to it, or you can find MPB Think Radio recordings at mpbonline.org slash radio. According to a recent report, redistricting the fight for fair maps in Mississippi put out by ACLU Mississippi in August of 2021, the current legislative lines maximizing the number of districts with white populations while heavily concentrate black voters into certain districts, effectively bleeding surrounding districts of black voters. That was their finding from some recent uh, analysis of the census information. And we're going to have a link to that report in this show's information. This morning, we would like your phone calls and your emails about gerrymandering with our guest, Professor Hans Sinha. And we do have three calls waiting. So let's go first to Tishomingo County and speak with Barron. Barron, thanks for calling in to In Legal Terms today. What's your comment or question? Well, I have two, if that'd be okay. Okay. Appreciate you, appreciate you taking my call. Uh, well, the first one is uh, when it comes to election, is a is a wouldn't it help if if you had two two places to vote and wherever you do vote, one for Republican, one for Democrat. That way, I would know how many how many Democrats voted in one way. That is, if they was honest, you know. And the next is. Uh, the lady a while ago talking about medical marijuana, I was wondering if she uh, was not able to get it or something, or I really didn't understand that one all the way because uh, I reckon it's supposed to be medical marijuana there now. So that was it. Professor Gershon, let's do uh, uh, his Barron's questions in reverse. What's the status of the medical marijuana in Mississippi right now? 
Well, uh, Aaron, unfortunately, even though the initiative was in favor of medical marijuana, the case was brought to the Mississippi Supreme Court saying that the initiative process was flawed because it required a certain number of voters from all five districts to sign um, to have the initiative put on the ballot. And even though there were sufficient voters, even from the old district, we only have four districts now, so the Mississippi Supreme Court said that was impossible to meet, so therefore that initiative process was not valid. I do want to, I know that Judge Roger, who is a frequent caller, will, will be bad if I say put all the blame on the Mississippi Supreme Court because, um, as he points out in the past, we knew we only had four districts for a long time, and the legislature should have done something about that and amended the initiative process very logically to have that fourth district instead of five districts have four districts that didn't happen so we do not at this time have legal medical marijuana the governor has been talking about calling a special session and that's the only way it's going to get done uh, anytime soon uh and my understanding is there are reasons why he's not calling that special session and i don't want to get into my own personal politics about that so that's where we are unfortunately but now i'll turn it over to hans to answer the uh, gerrymandering question Baron, I don't know if I agree with you. If we had two polling places, one for Democrats and one for Republicans, I think we're we're both uh, acknowledging and, and supporting the divisiveness. I think we're one people. We should all come together as much as we can, both in congressional districts and in polling places. So, so I would I would I would be hesitant to break the polling places up by party politics. Uh, Washington. Warren, President Washington warned in his fearful address of the evils of, of parties or political parties. Uh, and I, I think that was a good warning. And, and I think, um, you know, I think we should get away from political parties uh, as opposed to uh, celebrate them and, and divide our polling places into two different places. So, but that's just my thoughts. Well, we do, in a sense, have two polling places for the primaries. When you when you go in for the primaries, they're, the Republican and the Democratic ones are held at the same time. But at my polling place, I you know go one way for Republican or go one way for a Democrat to vote. So I guess, in a sense, you could peek over to look to see how many people had signed in for each of those parties. And in Mississippi, you don't have to claim uh, a party, so you could vote in either one, but only one time. And Liz, I mean, I think you're totally right. And, and I think the problem, too, is sometimes I, I really do vote for the person, not the party, while one party represents me more often than not. I mean, there are times I've gone and voted for the other party. That solution, Barron's solution, would prevent me from voting for someone uh, in the other party that I may like more than the candidate in the party I usually vote for. So, you know, we don't want to do that either. Let's go to Quitman now and talk with Steve. Steve, thanks so much for calling in to In Legal Terms today. We're talking about gerrymandering with Professor Hans Sinha. What's your comment or question? Well, what I wanted to ask was on the county and the state level, do the drawing of districts still have to be approved by the U.S. Department of Justice? Steve, I don't know a specific answer to that. I would think um, that is more of a state issue. But if there is, for example, uh, what the Supreme Court call um, a non-political issue, for example, pure racial, uh, uh, racially drawn, and the state courts do not step in and adjudicate that, then I would think you can go to the federal courts, and the federal courts can look at that. Uh, so, so I think first would be a state issue, but if there's a clear uh, 
equal protection or First Amendment, typically in the state will be an equal protection, meaning race issue, um, then I think it could eventually end up in the uh, federal courts, yes. And there well, was kind of a standing. Professor Gershon, what were you going to say? Well, that's a, I see if he's going to ask his question because I think he's going to ask what I was going to talk about. So, Steve, what were you going to say? There was a there was a period of time when all election uh, lines, different districts, different beats, different sections had to be approved by the by the Justice Department. Is is that gone by the wayside through, or or do we still have that at all? My understanding is that was removed uh, in. Uh, in the last uh, uh, under the last administration, and um, and now it's no longer mandatory. There were some states, uh, particularly the states from the former Confederacy, were under those mandated guidelines by the Voting Rights Act, and I don't think we have that uh, that protection anymore. I could be wrong, but I don't think so. I appreciate it. Yeah, no, I think that was correct. I think that was um, uh, removed. It was a historical basis for it, and it had to be pre-approved. Um, by Department of Justice under um, those those regulations, and that was it's an Alabama case, and that was changed um, about three four years ago, if I remember correctly. Thank you, Steve. We appreciate you calling in. Let's go to Tupelo now and talk with Rob. Rob, thanks for calling in to In Legal Terms today. What's your comment or question? Good morning, everyone. Uh, I have two questions. Uh, one about the ballot initiative, and then one about gerrymandering. I'm curious, with the ballot initiative and the Supreme Court uh, finding the flaw in it this, this uh, recently, have the other laws and or bills, and sorry, I don't know the proper terminology, that uh, were approved or voted on and approved by under the ballot initiative that was found flawed, were they also overturned? In other words, others than the medical marijuana bill was it were others overturned or found to be unlawful again sorry i don't know the proper terminology and then uh, the second question is as far as gerrymandering is concerned historically have there been cases of gerrymandering that have been overturned where districts uh, were not changed because they were found to be unlawful we want to take the first question, the second question first, and talk yes, about gerrymandering. Um, yeah, yeah, Rob, I, yes, that there has been um, uh, gerrymandering um, uh, where, where the courts have stepped in and said that is not correct, meaning that that cannot be done. Okay. Um, okay. But that has been, and not strictly limited to to equal protection, meaning race. But I think that's the most. Uh, obvious place where the courts will step in. Um, prior to the 2019 case, uh, the courts were looking also at partisan gerrymandering, but after meeting political parties gerrymandering for, for the sake of political purpose, so to speak. But after 2019, the courts are saying we're not going to look at, no longer going to look at that. Um, so there has been places where the federal courts have stepped in and told the states, um, legislature, your solution for the district one, two, or three, or whatever in your state is not acceptable pursuant to our interpretation of federal law and the con uh, our, our federal constitution. Uh, and that will still go on. That will still happen um, after the 2019 case, um, with the exception the court says we're going to leave it to the legislature, the legislatures, 
to decide uh, in terms of their political partisan uh, gerrymandering. Okay. Okay. Steve, as far as, far as the uh, you know, the uh, Supreme Court case, yes, it would overturn any of those uh, previous valid initi valid initiatives under the same reasoning, but. Many of those, like voter ID, et cetera, have been codified by the legislature. So, in some ways, that's uh, no longer an issue because they become law through the legislative process once the voters uh, voted to to make them uh, law. So, that has not happened with medical marijuana, and that's why people are waiting for at least the legislature then to, um, you know, do what the what the people clearly wanted to do, which is um, implement a medical marijuana. Uh, law that would be uh, statutory um, and would not have to be part of the Constitution of the state of Mississippi. Thanks, okay. Rob. We appreciate you calling in. We can take your questions on our email account, legalterms at mpbonline.org. It's election day some places. Is it for you? Do you even know? We're going to list some of the places voting today. Next, this is In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio. Dr. Jimmy Stewart, Professor of Internal Medicine and Pediatrics at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. On the original Southern Remedy, we answer questions about all aspects of your health and share some of the latest medical information in the news. You can listen to the show on Wednesdays at 11 on MPB Think Radio, or you can subscribe to the podcast by searching for Southern Remedy on your preferred podcasting app. This podcast is a local production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting and depends on the support of listeners like you. If you can, please donate today at mpbonline.org. And thanks. Thank you for being part of In Legal Terms. If you've missed any of our program, you can listen to the whole show on MPB Think Radio's YouTube channel. It's also available on the MPB Public Media app, as are most our local shows. Our host is Professor Richard Gershon from the University of Mississippi School of Law. I'm Liz Gill. At 11 a.m. Central on Tuesdays following our over-the-air broadcast, you can hear Southern Remedies, Relatively Speaking, with Dr. Susan Buttress on MPB Think Radio. Okay, today is November 2nd, 2021. There's some Senate special elections today, District 32 between Meridian and Louisville, District 38. It's the most west and south portion of the state. The House elect special election today is north and west of Cleveland-ish. 
Hines County Sheriff, Hines County District 5 Constable, and Hines County District 1 County Court Judge. In DeSoto County, there are three races. Justice Court Judge District 1, Election Commissioner District 2, and Election Commissioner District 3. Well, we've had an election election commissioner on the show. That's a pretty important job, folks. So find out who these people are running and make sure uh, they're responsible individuals. Also in Marion County, there's a special election for election commissioner and the general election for school board trustee. Trustee. Now those are just the ones that I saw. We'll have the information for these links on our show's information page. But this is when you need to be aware of your community and your surroundings and pay attention to those vote for whoever sides at uh, intersections so that you know what's going on. Today we're talking with Professor Hans Sinha about gerrymandering and we've got a call from Raymond. It's Alan who's called in today. Alan, thanks for calling in to be part of our show. What's your comment or question? Uh, I'm not quite sure. uh, um, When they make districts, how? Oh, hi. I, I love the show, and thank you for the professor to come on. Um, how? What is the right way? Is there a right way when they when they make all these districts? Because I've heard all kinds of crazy schemes, like North Carolina is famous for that. But um, uh, I, it was upsetting looking at the Texas release. But um, is it? I was just wondering, is there only way this could be changed? Only if people get out and vote for the people who believe in their situations? Professor Sinha, is there a right yeah, way to draw Alan, a district? You hit the, the, the nail on the head there. It, it's how you draw the districts. And you mentioned you know, North North Carolina, which is infamous for how they have been drawing the districts, and Texas equally infamous for how they're drawing the districts. Um, but it, it falls down to the states under Article under Election Clause of the Constitution, and the states can then decide who um, draws the districts. They can be completely controlled by the legislature. They can set up a legislative commission, meaning people from the legislatures. They can set up an independent commission, um, completely removed, theoretically at least, from party politics. Um, and the latter one is is the option that I think people are are pushing now and saying we need to change how we draw our districts. But it seems that no matter how we, um, wh- whatever way we seem to choose to draw our districts, we're still tied to the original power that, that emanates from the parties. Uh, and that's why uh, it, it's like asking the fox to. To, to guard a hen house. You send a fox into a hen house and say, now divide this hen house into four little areas. Eventually, the natural urge of the fox to eat some of the chickens is going to come forward. And that's the way we are with party politics. Uh, so um, the, the, the straight answer is that the state legislatures had a power under federal constitution. How they draw those districts it can be for the state legislatures themselves, through commissions. I personally think that none of those are going to work. I mean, none of those are going to solve the problem, the corrosive effect of party party politics on on our democracy. And that's why I'm putting forth here, maybe just divide each state into an equal number of squares or rectangles. Have no squiggly lines except for rivers, maybe the boundaries of the states, but then have equally 
equal as much as you can equal lines for districts which will force us to work together with our fellow americans it would take away the partisan and the racial aspects of the districts and just have americas in the districts which i think is is it may be the only way to solve this um because it seems like no other way is, is solving it. And, and there seems to be we may be reaching a tipping point with the hyper, hyper partisan politics, the technology that feeds and makes that possible. Um, the founding fathers did not foresee this. Uh, and it might be for us to step up and say, to say to the Republic, we have to do something drastic. And this is not as drastic as it sounds. Again, each state gets two senators, regardless of the number of people in each state. Uh, maybe we can go towards uh, each state is drawn into district congressional. Some have 100,000, some may have 200,000. But the president has been set for senatorial elections in terms of the weight of the voters. And that will then remove the party politics. And I think that will be a breath of fresh air and, and maybe one of the things that can save this republic. Well, Professor Gershon, that may need to be another in legal term show because there are so many people who are mad that each, that there are senators that are on equal amounts. That gets into the, uh, what's the college? That, the, the electoral college. Electoral Thank college. you, Jay White. Sure. Uh, you know, that gets folks mad about that, that people in Wyoming, the senators in Wyoming, have the same amount of pull as the senators from California. But what a great show we've had today. Thank you, Professor Hans Sinha. We enjoy having you on the show, and thank you for volunteering your time to help us out with this topic today. Thank you, Liz. It's always a pleasure. That's going to wrap us up for today's show. Thank you, Java Chapman and Jay White, for producing our show here. So for Professor Richard Gershon, who hosts from the University of Mississippi School of Law, I'm Liz Gill. Join us next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Central for In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio. And if there's an election in your county, go out and vote today.